Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Rest in peace, John Madden. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the guy who voted on the Pro Bowl a hundred times to ensure we got a few rookies in there. And with me, as always, is AJ, Duke's Mayo, got nothing on Hellman's, Marchese. I respect that they just banged that whole cooler off Beamer's head. (laughs) So violent. Today, we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from Week 16 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out. To Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. There's no place to go when you want to talk about Mayo like Spotify Greenroom, the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. It's the best place to go during bowl season to get the most in-depth live looks at bowl talk, specifically things like mayonnaise, Tony the Tiger, Weapons of Mass Destruction, shout out Lockheed Martin. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and be notified when the people you follow go live. And don't forget to come with your spiciest takes. Hey, AJ, it's been a while. Hello, how are you, Rob? I'm great. And you know why I'm great? Because you got to watch Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson this week? No, because i got to read 100 names oh, off no. this list for declarations. Oh, God. Okay, I'll talk to you. In a, I'll, it's going to be a while about the next time we talk again. Okay, just remember, point out who you're most excited about if you remember any of these names. Yeah, I won't. I won't, but go ahead. Uh, LSU running back. Uh, Tryon Davis Price, Western Kentucky running back Adam Cofield, Boise State running back Cyrus Habibi Likio, BYU running back Tyler Algier, Oregon State running back BJ Baylor, Texas Tech receiver Eric Azukama, Utah State receiver Devin Tompkins, Missouri receiver Deontay Smith, 
Oh, wow, Tennessee touchdown in the Music City Bowl. Uh, Wake Forest receiver Jaquari Roberson, Penn State receiver Jahan Dotson, Ohio State receivers Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, Utah center Nick Ford, Missouri center Michael Maiati, Tulane offensive lineman Corey Dublin, Boston College center Alec Lindstrom, Boston College offensive lineman Brandon Sebastian, Ohio State offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, Stanford defensive lineman Thomas Booker, Louisiana defensive lineman Taylor Humphrey, UAV defensive lineman Alex Wright, UCF defensive lineman Khalil Davis, USC linebacker Kanani Maga, Cal linebacker Coing Dang, Jackson State linebacker Keontae Hampton, Arizona State linebacker Darian Butler, Georgia Tech linebacker Quez Jackson, Auburn linebacker is Kobe McLean, UC Davis DB Isaiah Thomas, USC corner Greg Johnson, Washington corner Trent McDuffie, Auburn safety Smoke Monday, Louisiana safety Percy Butler, and now the two most important, UTSA kicker Hunter Duplessis, San Diego punter Matt Punt God Ariza. Good work. I'm proud of you. Um, that sucked. <laughs> um, on offense, a lot of like chalky dudes and randos. But um, you know what? You know what I want to bring up? Alec Lindstrom, who used to have fans, big fans. I think he just hasn't been brought up a lot recently. But I, for that position, I think his stock is gonna be interesting to track uh, through through the process here. It's it's shaping up to be a. a at minimum, a fun center class, yeah. but really just a strong center class. Even just uh, obviously, um, um, I'm blanking. Linderbaum. DJ. Thank you. Obviously, Linderbaum's the dude, like top 10 prospect type of guy. But with guys like uh, Alec Lindstrom, guys like Grant Gibson at NC State, I know Ricky Stromberg decided to go back to Arkansas, yeah. but like there, there is a handful of centers. I think more likely day three centers. Yeah, uh, that are going to be interesting guys. Nick Ford at Utah is a really interesting guy because he's a very long, athletic center who honestly looks like a tackle. Pa- Paro um, might be a center by the time the process is done. That and that's what you've been saying the whole time. He might he may end up a, one of the top three centers in this class. Yeah. I, like, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I think Lindstrom stock individually is is actually really interesting. Um, looking at Olave, Wilson, Dotson. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, more specifically with Dotson and Olave, that we know Dotson's going to be at the Senior Bowl, but we haven't heard anything about Olave, and it kind of seems like he's not going to be there. And that that makes me wonder: Could Jahan Dotson go ahead of Chris Olave when it's all said and done? Similar players stylistically in terms of not the biggest guys, um, but dynamic route runners who might not test to the level of a Garrett Wilson. Yeah. But they they can be instant impact type of slot Rashad Bateman route running type uh, rookies. So uh, I'm interested to see how they kind of uh, go in the draft. Do you think Dotson out tests uh, Chris Olave? Yes, I do too, and yeah, I, I think I, Dotson's I, got a little more afterburn. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I, I think that is the factor in the potential of Dotson going over Olave. But I think if, again, if I were to lay money down the uh, down on it right now, I, I'm taking Olave over Dotson. Um, and then looking at the some of these defensive guys, the guy I'm particularly excited about, um, probably outside of Trent McDuffie, who's 
above the rest of these dudes. Yeah. Is Alex Wright at UAB, who I talked about during our Bull Mania preview, uh, defensive lineman who's 6'7", 270, looks like he could be playing in the SEC, but he's at UAB, and he hasn't been ultra-productive, but when you throw on the tape, he is clearly so much more explosive and powerful than the rest of the guys he's playing against. Uh, I'm interested to see if he if he can push himself into that fourth round area. Yeah, and I mean, we always see one of those small school, you know, long monster, big tester dudes push themselves up the board. Um, it's, that's definitely going to be interesting to track. I, I was going to bring up Trent McDuffie, who, I mean, Washington just had such a terrible, terrible year that, like, he feels, feels so forgotten, but... He's going to be a guy that, you know, every draft fan and NFL fan is going to know their na- his name, again, if they don't already, uh, very shortly. Like, uh, how high do you see McDuffie going? Um, I, I, I think he's a top, like, right now, obviously, we got so much to go. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we just got combine invites going out, baby. Um, but I, I think he's a top 40 guy. And he's a guy who... Not a lot of talk during the season because Washington had such a bad year, but he had another great year. And yeah. it's a it's a fun corner group, and he's more of that feisty nickel type. But he he has a little more outside ability, I think, than um, some of the Washington DBs we've seen in the past. And, and really, uh, after, like, McCreary, Sauce Gardner... Um, Stingley, he's like right in that next group, I think. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. It's just like I, I totally agree. It's just like he's gotten forgotten because of how terrible uh, the Huskies were. Yeah. Okay. Two more Senior Bowl acceptances as well. Yeah. Defensive lineman, San Diego State's Cameron Thomas, a massive one, and uh, Mobile native LSU's uh, Neil Farrell. I think if any uh, player gets to the college level, uh, and especially Power Five, and they're from Mobile, they have to be at the Senior Bowl. I think what did uh, the Nagster say? We got four this year. I think. Wow! I think that's. <laughs> I love how you know, they always tweet out like this was their dream as a child to play in the Super <laughs> which I'm sure like they're like yeah this would be cool. But <laughs> I don't think that was their fucking goal. Anyways, sorry Nagy. Um, I think he he has to change like he has to change his patriotic names if he doesn't get all the all the mobile hometown kids. But that being said. Um, <laughs> Cameron Thomas is going to be exciting. That's a huge, huge week for him, in my eyes at least. Like, a guy that I haven't dug in on yet, but watching him and paying attention to him live down the stretch uh, has been good, but hasn't blown you know blown me away. So him against a good crop of offensive linemen there, I want to see him just, yeah. just kick some ass or, or get his ass kicked. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. It's a really good group of offensive linemen and a lot of different types that we'll get to yeah. see him up against. Yeah. And, and Thomas is a guy who San Diego State asked him to do a lot of different things up front. They play primarily uh, a three-man front. Yeah. But so he he was playing a lot of five tech, but he also plays some four eye. He kick inside to three tech sometimes. Play true edge. So getting to see him get those uh, consistent pass rush opportunities against these upper echelon offensive tackles from the SEC. If you look at a guy like Darian Kennard, for example, mm-hmm. or. Or e- even some of the the bigger small school guys like Max Mitchell, who you talked about last week, having some first round hype. Trevor Penning, like I'm extremely excited. The, the offensive line, defensive line is always the best yeah. part of the Senior Bowl, um, and this group is, fingers crossed, stays the way it is and and gives us a show. Totally, totally agree. Um, okay, you want to get into the rookie talk? 
You are about to speak for for approximately 25 minutes on Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson facing off against each other. And you know what? I previously didn't see that much of this game because I just want to hear it all from you. Great. It it was a great game, AJ. (laughs) Wow. One for the history books. I'll tell you this. The Jags and Jets don't got to worry about a damn thing. They've found their guys. (laughs) Um, No. So the winning quarterback, this is proof the winning wins aren't a QB stat. The winning quarterback was outplayed by the losing quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was, I thought, much better than Zach Wilson. Um, The stats somewhat reflect that. Uh, Lawrence threw for 280, 66.6%, 7.1 a pop, uh, and ran for 37 yards. Um, While Zach Wilson threw for 102 and a score, uh, had 91 rushing and uh, a rushing touchdown. Um, He only averaged 4.6 per attempt. The most fancy, exciting play was uh, Zach Wilson had a 50-yard touchdown run. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah, on their opening drive uh, where he kind of like tight roped the sideline and then made a defender miss. His the best aspect of this was his use of his mobility throughout the game. Um, it felt like from previous games I had seen of Zach Wilson, he wasn't doing this as much. Yeah, I, I remember. If you remember from last week, started to jump in. I was bringing yeah. up that he was doing it more and going to that, and he wasn't really running, but he was scrambling pretty decent. And I, I'm glad that you finally really just broke it out. Yeah, when when the play like he would let's say a play, a play action pass and there wasn't anything there instead of trying to fucking force something across his body that except yeah. BYU, he would just take what's there and run for like 10 yards. And so he's doing that, uh, pretty well. Um, but like overall, I guess I'm starting with Zach Wilson overall though. It was another kind of ugly showing as a passer. Uh, his first throw of the game, they, they were out of the gun. He, th- it was a, a deep outside throw that he, under through and through late and the safety broke on it and nearly intercepted it. Uh, it was a horrible throw. And then, uh, that, then they ran a play action screen, to the tight end, and then he had the 50 yard touchdown run. So I feel like everyone forgot about that first throw. Um, but throughout the game, it was, they, the, their next drive, they went for it a ton on fourth down. Uh, I think they went for it on fourth down three times on the next drive. But he, he wasn't, Michael Carter was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, But his second throw, their next drive was a post to Jeff Smith who dropped it. Um, And then on, on fourth and goal, when, when they ended up in fourth and goal, he just threw it out of the back of the end zone. Like he didn't really give anyone a chance, which felt stupid. Ian Buck likes to do that too. But, uh, and he also on that same drive, he ripped the ball like there was a Jaguars defensive lineman on the ground who was getting up as Zach Wilson threw it, and the ball bounced off his helmet. <laughs> and, and the linebacker should have intercepted, but dropped it, uh, which was pretty hilarious. They didn't have a lot of possessions overall. I think they had like seven possessions. Um, their defense played pretty well. Uh, he also had a near interception, interception that went off Tyler Croft's hands. Um, which is obviously more on Croft, but uh, it still feels like he takes unnecessary sacks and he like kind of crumbles anytime there's pressure. Because even on the runs, it wouldn't be like him extending the play under pressure. It would be like he play play action rolled out. No one's open. No one's getting to him, and there's just space in front of him. But when he's under pressure, it's just a complete mess. And I think that's just the way you get to Zach Wilson 
get blitz the hell out of him, he's gonna throw a, a, a pickable ball at some point. Yeah. Um, let him take what he wants as a runner because ultimately that's not a big threat in the end. Um, the play calling wasn't all that creative, but like they they were without Elijah Moore, they're without Corey Davis, like Tyler Croft's his go to guy. Uh, the his his touchdown throw was a. Uh, it was a fourth and goal where he, he started fading from the pocket and just threw a jump ball up. And Connor McDermott, the offensive tackle, went and high pointed it for a touchdown. It was sick. <laughs> like, it was like <clears throat> this game was just so goofy, like, from him as a whole with the near interception off the helmet, the touchdown to the offensive tackle, the 50 yard touchdown run where he looked dynamic. Um, but yeah, overall, like, he threw for 102 yards and just doesn't really threaten anything downfield. Yeah. I don't – and he's not very good out of structure, which he was good at at BYU, but he was good at it at BYU because pressure wouldn't get to him. But when pressure gets to him and he's out of structure, he's just a panicked mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trevor Lawrence overall had, I thought, his best game maybe since like week three or whatever. Uh their, their opening drive, uh, they got a field goal um, after they ran a fake punt. But he had there was a play-action deep throw to Treadwell that drew DPI, which was, I mean, if you're not going to complete it, put it in an area where your receiver has to go through a DB, and it's great. Um, there was just a lot more deep attempts from him. It was a lot more exciting. He had a, a deep shot to Treadwell that should have been a 38-yard or so touchdown, but it was dropped. Um which he then followed up with a fourth and one play action deep crosser to treble for about 20. Uh, and this was a touchdown drive where he, he ran his own read and he fumbled in the end zone. And the Jags recovered for the touchdown. Like it was just a silly ass game. Uh, the, there was a lot of drops again. Like um, Marvin Jones had a drop. The running back had a drop. Uh, like Tavon Austin, treble all had drops. Um, in the, in the second half, he had a play action role. Uh, roll up through where it was just a deep, like 20 plush ish, deep seed to Devon Austin on the sideline. That was a wonderful play. Um, he had a third and 15 out to Treadwell, short of the sticks, though, but it did help them set up for an easier field goal. There was a lot of O'Shaughnessy in the flats, <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of Marvin Jones on like just quick curls. Um, yeah, that's their Yeah, Treble's their deep threat, though. <laughs> Uh, he, he had another throw to O'Shaughnessy deep in the end zone that drew DPI, which was good too. Like there was just a lot more aggressive, uh, throws from him off play action. There was a lot more play action in general too. That's good. That's shoddy, baby. Yeah. A lot more play action, deep throws and a lot of, of, uh, play action in breaking routes. Um, and still um, too many weird bubble screens and dumps to O'Shaughnessy, but Overall, I thought it was a much better, more exciting game. Uh, the final drive, they were down 26-21 with a chance to win. And it was a lot of quick throws. Uh, and then he had a, he ended up having a huge scramble to get them inside the 10. And then on first and goal, he kind of skipped it to the flats. Second and goal, C.J. Mosley dropped an interception that Marvin Jones then caught uh, on the one. So on third and goal, because the clock was running, they had to spike it. So they have one play, uh, and uh, it was a like a drag to Marvin Jones, and 
it kind of felt like Trevor Lawrence n- knew he had nowhere else to go with the ball, so he threw it. But G- uh, Gidry had fantastic coverage and broke up the pass. Um, overall, like this wasn't a very fun game to watch, but it was goofy as hell. Zach Wilson still seems terrible. Uh, but tre- like, if you're a Jaguars fan, you're feeling good about what Trevor Lawrence did in this game, just because he he wasn't checking it down constantly. He wasn't um, like living in the flats to O'Shaughnessy. He was being aggressive. There was at least like seven 25 plus yard throws, most of them off play action. Um, he had a handful of throws where the the jaw dropping ball placement showed up that you get really excited about. Um, like I would give this this game a B plus from Trevor Lawrence. Probably I know it's the Jets defense, uh, and I know they lost. But seeing Zach Wilson on the other side too, I thought made Trevor Lawrence's performance look even better. Probably Lawrence attempting like seven uh, deep balls is probably more than he has in the last ten weeks combined. So, like even yeah, just even I mean, just that is, is is really nice to see. Um, watching a Lawrence game, you just get so so, and this is mean, but you get so sick of James O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> like it's just like not again, James O'Shaughnessy. You're just like, oh man, um, that's 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 promising. And I mean, clearly Urban Meyer uh, was a problem in that organization at every level, and it's not like it's going to get better in the next two weeks, or you know, fixed in the next two weeks. But uh, at least it's getting better. I don't know. Like that's. Even getting a little Urban Meyer stink off of you in the in the last two weeks is really nice to see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Anyways, now now it just makes the head coaching hire so key. yeah. I don't. What do you? Th- I mean, I don't know if you want to dig into this, but we've we've seen some of the early interviews, and they're only going to ask a you know handful assistance at this point. I, but I don't hate the idea of Doug Peterson coming in to try and like clean up everything. He seems like such a steady hand. Yeah, yeah. I don't hate it. It's not exciting. Um, it's not exciting, but I think it's safe, and it might be what they need right now. Maybe not to elevate to being a true contender, but what they re- need right now coming off Urban Meyer. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I mean, I don't know. Would Peterson ever get that roster to 10 wins? I highly, highly doubt it. But no, I think I think that's fair. I mean, they're looking at the Bucks' assistant, like both coordinators, looking at both uh, Cowboys' coordinators. I mean... Well, if, if to me, if you're not going to go with a steady, proven, clean it up type of hand in Doug Peterson, I go with Byron Leftwich. Uh, I think I think I, I agree, and I mean it's just it's just a little too perfect, right? No matter what, I think you do have to go with an offensive coach. Definitely. I mean, we yeah, I 100 percent agree. I mean, we talked a lot about this ad nauseum with with Justin Herbert's, you know, the the Chargers making their decision to uh, hire head coach, and I mean Staley's been. I don't know how has Staley been ups and downs. He's he's entertaining. Yeah. Um, like Joe Lombardi, I think's holding Herbert back. And as that's the offensive coordinator. that's literally the reason why. Like it wasn't against Staley as much as it was. Who are you bringing in as your offensive coordinator? And that, that's yeah, like literally if, if the reason why we're worried. Yeah. If you're hiring a defensive head coach, fine. I don't necessarily agree with that. But you have to make sure they're bringing in the right guys. Your offensive coordinator. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, it's gonna be interesting um, to see who they who they wrangle. So Trey Lance didn't play. Justin Fields was and, was out. We got Nick Foles. And Justin uh, Fields was out. In but the hey, snow. we might we, we might have Trey Lance next week. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like we will at this point. So we'll, we will see in a couple days. But guess what, McCorkle Jones, we got him every week. He's 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 Mister Stable. 
except uh, he was pretty bad. He was pretty bad. 14 to 32, so under 50% completions there. Uh, 145 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Actually, like 33 yards on the ground, but like didn't feel um, very relevant. Um, first like drive, I think you kind of felt it right out of the way that the Bills were, were coming to play. They're getting pressure on on McCorkle, and um, like he had like a, they ran a screen, and the Bills were just ready, and he just had to like you know back up, and then they just like threw it to a defender, and then sacked on third down, and that kind of set the tone right off the bat. Uh, second drive though, they come out and they kind of establish the the run game. They just kind of leaned on it. He, like Mac didn't throw the ball again until they got over the fifty, and it was just like a little in for six yards or whatever. Um, uh, got got like a penalty, and then they hit like a quick screen to Harry. It was not a lot of uh. Not a lot of exciting play early passing there in the first two two drives. But then he did. The fourth and one, they went for it. And it was a cool play. They ran a speed option, and Mac, Mac tossed it, and they got the first down. It was a nice gain. And then and then Damian Harris actually finished the the play on the, on the, the next toss, and uh, they scored there. But not a lot for Mac there. Uh, third drive, it's like a check down to Bolden. Uh, he had Harry on a hitch that would have went for a first down, but a bad drop. It was a lot of Harry. Um, and then <clears throat> play action. Like, kind of just tried to throw it a little, little zippy, like, slant. Got tipped by, by, like, a linebacker dropping into coverage. Deflected up in the air. Hit the hit the DB that would have been in coverage on the target. And then intercepted by Micah Hyatt. So, like, a, a terrible throw or a terrible decision by Mac? No. But, like, you know, the defender got his hand in the passing lane. It wasn't great. It wasn't like you're going to kill him for it. But, but it wasn't, you know, just like, oh, that was on the receiver type of interception either. Um... Go to the fourth drive, like start backed up into the goal the goal line, like kind of hit a little crosser, got to third and three, um, like he, he st- you know what I, I will say this, Mac Jones, yeah, like he's had a couple of these these worst performances, but it was so easy for him to start the season, right? And the offense was just cooking, but I feel like watching Jones play down the stretch, I I feel him more confident, and he's really like stepping up and feeling the pocket really well right now. Um, he, this one, he stepped on a third down, like really tight coverage on an in, um, almost got in there. It wasn't a terrible decision or anything. Just try to support, get it in there. Incomplete pass. Um, so I kind of liked some of that. And then by the time the fifth drive rolls around, they're down 17 to seven. Um, so now it's like, you know, they kind of, they can't have the run, the run game to really lean on. But also I don't like that they, they get away from the run. Like, I feel like it's just so bread and butter that they shouldn't, I think, I think McDaniels is going away from a tad early in some of these games, but regardless, um, like, like, I don't know, he gets, like, weirdly, like, he goes away from the run, but then it's, like, he doesn't turn on the passing until later. It's kind of, like, this weird, like, like there's a play action dumped to bold, and he dropped it. Um, Hunter Henry was, like, wide open, 15 yards downfield a couple plays later. Uh, bad overthrow, uh, nearly intercepted, really. That was, like, like that one probably should have. He should have had, like, three picks on the day. Um, and then he got lit up on the next play, third down as he threw, got a roughing penalty. Um, then like, yeah, they got play action scramble for a few yards and then it was an important like conduct on the pads. It was like penalties both way. He got like a, a late hit out of bounds. That was a shit call, but then there was unsportsmanlike, like moved it back. And then he just like two th- through like a couple like nothing incompletions. Usually like, you know, when Max stepping up and throwing because of how successful they've been, like he hasn't had too many where it's like, you know, incomplete, like he's been accurate. He's like completing good rhythm plays. And there, in this game it was just a lot of not being in rhythm and just, you know, the nothing completions that you just write off and then it's a punt. Then halftime, uh, coming out of half, they're down 20-7. to seven. Uh, They got a big run by Damon Harris the first play of the, the drive. Uh, third and eight, they hit hit um, Nikhil Harry on a quick screen, got the first. A lot of Harry was kind of weird. Screens to Harry. 
Then he threw like a, a, a fake toss, like play action post. It was a cool play. Uh, Harry was on the post and uh, overthrew him bad. And like the, the defensive back, I'm not, I'm not sure what safety was. Tough pick, but dropped it too. And so like that was could have been another interception. Then he just like threw a screen into the ground. And then uh, then he threw like another one just short of the sticks, got to a fourth and one. And then the QB sneak for the first. They love sneaking him. And then this this is a touchdown drive, by the way. Short throw, then a 39, like a four-yard completion. Then went for it on fourth down again. Play action rolls right. This was a nice play. Threw it back over the middle of the field for a first down. And it was like, like he directed the receiver to get to that spot. It was a nice play. And then Damon Harris just punches it in. You get the ball back. Like, I don't know. Like, he was scrambling a little more. And, like, I, I thought, like, he's getting that confidence, like I mentioned. Um... He's got, like, a couple, like, misses, and they like, just got holding calls and stuff like that. Uh, there was a few a few drops. The, like, the, the offense wasn't as, as crisp as it was. But, yeah, this is, like, a scoring – the next drive was, like, another scoring drive. Damon Harris, another touchdown. Got it to 26-21. to 21. But, like, I don't know. There wasn't that many nice throws. Like, he, he had one to, to Jacoby Myers. Like, it was a, he hit him for the first. It was a nice lob, and he was getting pressured. But it was, like, really wobbly. It got there, and, and it was good. And second and eight, he did scramble, and – Picked up a first and got another late hit flag on the slide. It's kind of like that. Like it was not it was not very impressive, but like you know they got to 26-21. and then um, Bill scored again. They just kind of roll roll with them, and they had another scramble for a first down. But then like like I don't know, missed a throw like where it was just a bad decision. Andy hopped it, um, missed Hunter Henry, which it could have been a big gain. But it just like he got some pressure and he threw it early, and Henry wasn't ready for there. Hello, and then. Uh, he got pressured. He rolled out back over the middle, like a nice strike for the first down, and then that was a good play. Um, got the first down, incomplete. Like on an then it, like it, there was like an in route where like when you're really forcing him to throw when he's getting pressure, and he sometimes he just doesn't have the arm to like really complete those like tight window throws over the middle. I don't know. Um, then like really the pressure, the pressure was the theme, and then they they turned it up again, and like he missed a dump down when he was getting hit, and then he he missed a throw when he was getting pressured, and then. Fourth and ten, there was a minute left. He got pressured, rolled right, tried to throw it to the end zone, and uh, it was like five yards short of the end zone and intercepted. So it was not a good game for Mac Jones. Um, last week where I thought like there was positives, the only positive I can kind of get from this is that like he just feels more confident and confident in the pocket. And I like it. I like the pocket movements, but no, the, the, it's I'm not going to say it's unraveling, but like he's 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 struggling a little bit right now. Is his bid for offensive rookie of the year over? Uh, probably not because he's a quarterback and they're like they'll give it to him. I don't know. It just seems funny that I feel like because of the hype that came earlier in the season, like that won't die regardless of his play now. Uh, I totally agree, and especially with like you know, the 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 Pats going to the playoffs and he's a rookie quarterback and plays for the Patriots. Like he's, he's probably going to win. Like if I were to bet money, I'd still take him, even though there's been better rookies. I don't know. What'd you think of Davis Mills? Uh, Davis Mills is playing is, is the best rookie quarterback right now. And it's, I don't think it's close, man. Here, here's the stats. 21 to 27. So that's, that's slanging 254 yards, two touchdowns, and they beat the chargers. Like that, uh, Davis Mills is a stud. I don't know. Like we keep saying, like yeah, he's gonna be a backup. Davis Mills, I think he's gonna be like the thirty third best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> like <laughs> Davis Mills is good. I don't know. It's fun, especially for a guy that hasn't played. It didn't play a lot of college football. Um. Anyways, getting into it. 
first drive, like just like he's got way more impressive throws than any of these other quarterbacks. Like just a good throw on and out for a first down. Third and seven, uh, just a hitch. He finds it. He he's really competent in the pocket, and he find he gets through his progressions and find guys. Hitch hits it first down. Uh, rolls it up right, kind of just tosses it up to Nico Collins. He gives his receiver chances too pretty often. Um, Collins caught it, but it was out of bounds. But he got a pass interference on Asante Samuel Jr. And then Royce Freeman like had a nice like twenty yard <laughs> run for the touchdown. It was a lot of Royce Freeman and Rex Burkhead, and it was kind of sick. Um, second drive, uh, he got sacked on the second down. Uh, third down, they just had a terrible screen. They went three and out. Got the ball back. Third drive, like a play action dump to Brevin Jordan. I didn't put Brevin Jordan anywhere else because a lot of Brevin Jordan here because he had an awesome play. Just dumped it off to him. He broke like three tackles and picked up the first. It was pretty awesome. He's he's coming on. I want to see him get used more consistently, and he was in this game. Uh, third and four, another like hitches. Like he's just timing, finds hitches, finds his guy, picks up the first down, moves it. Royce Freeman was just like just sick again, breaking off chunk runs. It was like Freeman first half and then Burkhead in the second half. Um, second down, like it's funny because he doesn't have playmakers either. Brandon Cooks is out. Like all these rookie quarterbacks don't have playmakers really. But he's doing it with 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 Chris Conley. Like, this was a bubble to Chris Conley. He gets the first down. Um, this one, play play action, just like on, on the high red zone. Uh, took a shot, like just missed the touchdown. Like kind of inside, but his receiver had a bit of a chance. One of those like you know you, you, classic like passing interference throws, but like not a bad ball. Um, <laughs> and then th- third and seventeen, just the kind of ran uh, through a slant. It was batted away incomplete, and they kicked the field goal. Uh, next time he gets the ball back, it's twelve to ten. <laughs> Right after like uh, a Herbert interception down in the goal line, they're backed up. They had back-to-back false starts, and then they got a defensive hold on a run. It was a weird start to the drive. Um, and then f- first and ten, Mills goes deep to Philly Dorsett. <laughs> Again, one of the other guys stepping up. It was a nice throw to like the outside shoulder. Dorsett made a really nice adjustment, really nice catch, good ball for for like 35, 40 yards. Uh, moved the chains on like the next set of downs, just running. Um, then then a fucking Deep dime, the best the best throw of the week for, for any rookie quarterback, I think. To Chris Conley for the touchdown. Perfectly placed it over the DB. The DB was in solid coverage. Uh, just right in the breadbasket. 41-yard touchdown. 28 seconds left in the half. What an ugly start to a possession. And he, like, he like cleaned it up and scored quick. And they're up 17-12, to 12, uh, 17 to 10 at the half. Um, it was great. Uh, by the time they get back, um, they get the fifth, <laughs> fifth drive. Brickhead like, had a big run. Third and three, finds Conley again over the middle. Just like he's scanning the field, he's poised in the pocket. He 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 finds him and he hits him. Like that's it. Um, next set of downs, he kind of like uncorks it, it on a on a crosser. This is the one where like he sometimes he just lets it rip and it's high and maybe a little risky and the, the, luckily not intercepted. It just falls, but just uncorks it too hot, too high. Uh, second and twenty, hit an out for twelve yards and like like he's pretty good at situations where like. You know, it's like he's he's got third and you know, like in a long down situation, but he knows that they're in field goal range, and he kind of get, get got picked up enough yards, and they they kick the field goal but miss, but still, good play. Uh, they get the ball back. It's like seventeen fifteen. They hit a slant to Collins for a first. Uh, third and six again. Hitch to Brevin Jordan for a first. It's a lot of just little hitches, and he figures it out. Um, and then he like back to back impressive throws where like he was on the far hash comeback throw from the opposite hash right. Uh, wide receiver caught it. It was a bit high. He got one foot in, in bounds, but it was still a good, like, like an impressive throw. And then maybe like his his best low key throw of the day. Um, same same spot where you know he's on the opposite hash, going back to the left side of the field. 
and out to Brevin Jordan and just like perfectly placed. And that's a long throw and perfect zip. Uh, the defender was in good coverage, put it right there, and Jordan like you know caught it, outran the defender, broke a tackle, and, and got the first. And it was a hell of a play. Um, and then they got a penalty, and like Burkhead just bashed it in t- for the touchdown. Um, then the Chargers fumble, they get it back. Uh, like a nice throw over the middle on third and nine, got pass interference on top of it. Good play. Um, then like uh, Chris Moore ran a post and hit him with like a really nice leaping grab over the middle. Just like nice touch. They got him into the red zone. And then uh, it was a drop on, on the next third down to kick the field goal. And then the Chargers woke up a bit because um, that was 23-17. Uh, <laughs> but then Burke had just carried them. They got a bunch of nice runs, big run down to the 25, and then kind of they just fed them. And then um, uh, Mills kind of finished off with a quick slant to Nico Collins, his first touchdown. Pretty easy, pretty easy work. Then Her- Herbert threw the pick six, and the game was kind of out of range. And uh, Chargers got the ball. It was, it was kind of over. Chargers scored, but then it was victory formation, and Mills was great. Mills was great. I don't know, man. He's actually making impressive throws, um, throws that other rookie quarterbacks aren't making right now. I think you roll with him until he proves that he can't do it. Davis Mills for rookie of the year? Uh, why not? I mean, <laughs> why not? He's the quarterback. He checks that box. I love Davis Mills. He's actually really fucking, like, I don't know, all the things against him in this t- terrible team, he's playing really well. Um, given again this upcoming quarterback class, yeah, and the amount the Texans need to do as a whole before yep. being any bit of relevant, it doesn't make sense to use a top five pick on a non-worthy quarterback when you have Davis Mills, who's earned a look in year two. I don't even like. I maybe if there's someone you really like late, but like I, I don't spend any any top one twenty one one sixty. <laughs> pick on a quarterback at well, all like in this draft. especially if, especially if you're able to bring back to rod yeah no that's that's a really good point because he's hammer mills is the 33 best quarterback in the league um just keep throwing picks and trying to fill other holes on this roster and let's see what mills can do with a little bit more talent around him too i, I don't know maybe there's something there as like a low-end starter i don't know but irregardless uh i love Dave Mills right now um, what are your thoughts on the quarterback selected? Was was Ian Buck right after Davis Mills? Yeah, I think he was the next one. Yeah, he was one twenty, or was 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 it Trask right after Mills, or was Trask before? No, Trask was earlier. Right? Trask was before Mills. The f- pick before. Yeah, so Buck was the quarterback taken after <clears throat> after Mills. Uh, we finally got his debut. Yeah, my thoughts are he was the worst rookie I saw this week. My worst. Rookie oh, by of the week. far, by far. Yep. Threw for 135 yards, two picks uh, against the Dolphins. They, like, couldn't run an offense with him at quarterback. He, like, obviously he threw that pick six immediately. He got deflected, but it was, like, I think even if it didn't get tipped, he was probably throwing a pick. Maybe not six, though. Um, he just, like, would not throw the fucking football. Like, I, his average was, like, a three. He was terrified. He didn't know what he was seeing. 3.8 seconds uh, he held onto the ball for. Uh, took eight sacks. He was just addicted to taking sacks. He fucking loved it. Um, he was like, he was terrible on third down. Uh, like I think he took four sacks on third down. He was two of five passing on third down, and none of them were for first downs. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think you come away from that game thinking he can play in the NFL. He, no, like he's not a backup. And we thought he was overdrafted when they took him, but he's like, he was worse than like I didn't think he'd be good. But I didn't think he'd be that bad. I thought he would at least get the ball out on time. Yeah. And kind of just be almost uh, 
not a net negative net like a net zero just nothing and being be able to create so out of structure to, like you know he was a good scrambler especially last year at notre dame and uh we saw like none of that he just <laughs> we just sitting there and like you said just did not see the field was terrified to get rid of the ball and just sack after sack after sack um terrible it was terrible he's clearly the worst rookie i couldn't give it to anyone else because he was that bad like I totally agree. Like clearly, he should never have been a fourth round pick. But I think we both thought, you know, if you want to, if you want a long term backup, or you know, a look at a long term backup in the sixth or seventh, you know, a guy that's got some heart, some gritty, he can move around a bit. Yeah, let's 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 bring him in, see what he got there. Um, <laughs> I think the Saints see all what they got, and he's terrible. I bet. I mean, it's it says something that he was a fourth round pick, and he's your fourth quarterback on the depth chart already. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, he's bad. He's bad. I mean, I mean, at minimum, at least now you know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, under the shitty circumstances, but now you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is here. He's my worst rookie. One hundred percent. I don't think you could give it to anyone else. Like it, you'd be doing, being unfair to everyone else if you gave it to anyone else. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move in, into rookie of the week. I'll start with uh, my offensive rookie of the week is Creed Humphrey. Nice. Who okay. Is playing at uh, all pro level right yep, now. He is. Um, he went up against, I think you can argue Cam Hayward is the second best interior defensive lineman of the last five years. Uh, and he, he was, he was better than Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward has eaten a lot of people's lunches this year. Creed Humphrey moved him around. And when Creed Humphrey wasn't up against Cam Hayward, he, he was moving Isaiah Loudermilk. Exactly. <laughs> He was moving Mon- Montrevious Adams. Like, oh, the big boys. He was just blowing dudes out of the water. and I. But the most impressive thing was what he did when Hayward had a one-on-one with him uh, in pass protection. And Humphrey just didn't give up an inch. He just anchored down and there was nothing going. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense obviously dominated the Steelers as a whole. That doesn't happen without what Creed Humphrey did to Cam Hayward in that game. Creed Humphrey should get more than a few, in my opinion, Offensive Rookie of the Year votes. He might be the Offensive Rookie of the Year right now, right? He's not going like, to win it. In, but, yeah, no, no, I think – I don't think pound for pound no no one on offense has played better than that. That's, that's a fact. Well, it's, it's like he didn't make the Pro Bowl, which seems stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, we're looking at a, a guy at center. Yeah, That's a tough – Tough, tough position to play as a rookie, playing at all pro level um, on a championship quality football team. Like that's yeah. that's ridiculous on a team. You know what else is crazy too? I, I think maybe another little nuance that they clearly, obviously, they remade their offensive line, and I think a center position. You know, coming in as a rookie on like a completely new offensive line. So you know, you don't have that like those vets beside you really. So, you know, to help you get up to speed. I know clearly, like, he's up to speed. But you know what I mean? Like, in, in specific situations, you don't have that guy to lean on. You are the guy that the rest of them are leaning on. You're the center. He doesn't have that. He's a rookie. And a completely new look. I think that is another thing to be said, too. Like, I, I think this this remake of the offensive line doesn't look as good as it does without that pick. Um, he shouldn't have slid like he did. Wrestle looks stupid. He, I definitely think you could say he's offensive rookie of the year right now. Uh, who who's your rookie of the week? I got another special dude. I I had a few to choose from, honestly, but I kind of kind of did it so more content. Uh, <laughs> but really, I, I just wanted to give some credit and some appreciation to, to Kyle Pitts. And I mean, it's not like he doesn't get it, but 
the expectations were so high, so, so high, and he has come in and he's met them. And he's done it on a terrible offense that, on top of that, hasn't really figured out how to truly get him going. This is another six catches, 102 yards, really good game. Uh, a little bit ho-hum from Kyle Pitts, to be honest. It was easy. Um, he broke the franchise yardage record for a tight end in a single season, Tony Gonzalez's record. And now he's got the second most yards for a rookie tight end ever. He's got two games to get like 128 yards to break Dicka's uh, 1,076 yards. He's got, well, what, 9, 948 on the year, something like that. 949. Um, and 64 catches. Um, so, like, just, you know, the expectations of him coming in and putting up, you know, 1,200 yards, which seemed easy to say in, in the offseason, but ridiculous when you sit, think about it. And he's got a good chance. He, like, he's going to break Dicka's right. I'm sure of it. And he's got a good chance to, you know, hit, hit like that 1,200-yard kind of number. Maybe. It's a little bit of a stretch, but he's got a good chance. Um, the only thing is, one touchdown of the year. And that's that's not a Kyle Pitts problem. That is an Atlanta Falcons problem. And they need to figure that out. But anyways, getting into this game. Because he, he was really good in this game, individually. Um, first catch, like, it was kind of ho-hum, like I said. First catch, went for a first down. Tight throw, double coverage. Good throw for Matty Ice. Co- immediate contact. Hauls it in. Good play. Um, second catch, flat route. He got contact around like th- three yards, uh, like after the line of scrimmage. Got like six more yards after contact, which I think is a big thing that he gets underappreciated with as a rookie. Uh, like just making like yards after contact. Like he's not breaking a tackle or anything. He's just, you know, such a big body and so athletic that he's just making a three yard catch that other guys would go down immediately into six more yards. So almost a first down there. Uh, th- his third grad. His third grab, like another similar kind of thing where, like, it was a hitch. He maybe caught it at seven yards, like, first and I think it was third and ten. He caught it seven yards downfield. Um, then, like, nearly gets the first down, just just shy. Uh, his fourth grab, he motioned to the slot, a crossing route. This one went for, like, 15. Just so easy. He makes it look so easy. He's open. Nice gain. He could have broke it, and he was kind of upset at himself. It wasn't like he should have broke it. He could have broke it. He's upset at himself. You like to see that, though. Uh, and then the fifth one, the, it was the big one. They lined him up outside this time. Um, just sent him on a go. Good coverage, but he was just too strong at the catch point. Reaches out, snags it, a really nice snag. Uh, he might have pushed off, but fuck it. When you're that big and you're that, you're that fast, you, uh, I think it's okay because you're, you're just a better football player. Um, great play there, and that, that was the, the biggest chunk of his yardage. And then, like, six catchers. Like, a little scramble for Matty Ice. He finds Pitts for another first. He's just moving chains. And he is extremely talented in everything that we hoped he would be. And I know he's had his ups and downs, but, like, overall, it's pretty ridiculous. It's funny how close he is to a 1,000-yard rookie tight end season, uh, given that it feels like he's been slept on because of that Falcons offense. Yeah, and the expectations. As a whole. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he is having the most dominant rookie tight end season ever, and no one's talking about it. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that you can actually point to him is the touch, the lack of touchdowns. But like I said, that's a Falcons thing. That's not a Pitts thing. Yeah. It's from, um, from week one, I think I think I pointed it out when I watched that game. They're doing they're not doing enough to target him in the red zone, and it's been true the whole year. Anyways. <laughs> uh, my defensive rookie of the week is an obvious one. It's Micah Parsons. Mine it's is too. Parsons. Mine is too, yeah. He was everywhere against Washington. Um, he he picked up another sack where he just fucking destroyed Eric Flowers like it was nothing. Just pure athleticism, um, like he just he, yeah. And, and like throughout that game too, because of the threat of him, 
and his versatility allows Dan Quinn to do a lot of yeah. different things with that front seven, which allows them to get Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence put in better positions. Yeah. And it's just like when you have to worry about Lawrence and Gregory and Micah Parsons potentially blitzing or lining up anywhere, it just becomes such a headache for the quarterback in the offensive line. And Parsons just, I don't know, it's its ridiculous what he's doing. For years, like Cowboys fans and NFL fans alike, were screaming to get DeMarcus Lawrence help, right? And it, it I feel like Randy Gregory coming on is because of Michael Parsons. And so he got like the double help, and Parsons is a freak. Like you said, they had five pressures. He played the pass really well, too, I thought, in this game. Obviously, they, they kicked their ass, but still. And then the, the one play I wanted to point out, he had that like really slick... Like he he did that, that fake spin move. Like it wasn't sudden. It was really weird. It was like a delayed fake spin where he kind of like just did a, did half the spin. Kind of had his back to the to the right tackle. Um, kind of like, but like also when he had his back to him, like he was getting depth. Like he was pushing the right tackle back and then re- did the reverse on the spin and then had a big hit on on. I think it was Kyle Allen at that point. That was pretty nasty. So like every week we see something like see something fucking unreal from Michael Parsons. He is, like, on a team that has a guy who has 11 interceptions, Michael Parsons is clearly the best player. <laughs> that makes me happy because Diggs is picks. Like, a great year from Diggs, obviously, but they've been whatever. Um, but Parsons, like you just said, he's stolen the show, and for plenty good reason. He's been he's been unreal. Uh, defense player of the year right now. Is your vote yes or no? Uh, yes. Okay. Is that rookie I bias? So. Is that rookie bias? Probably. Yeah, okay. No, I, I think that's fair. I think I agree, though. <laughs> um, I do have a special teams rookie of the week. Okay, I love to hear it. Let's let's do it. Buccaneers linebacker, Mr. Irrelevant Grant Stewart. <laughs> yes. One of the padded in Rob Paul special teams linebackers. Uh, let's go. Give me like a 15 play breakdown. Punts with, covering punts like a madman against the Panthers. <laughs> A uh, couple special teams tackles. Now has 10 on the season, which is tied for 14th in the league. Whoa. He was drafted to do exactly this, and he's he's following through. Good work. I love it. I like to hear that. Uh, we both agree our worst rookie of the week is Ian Buck. It's not fair to mention anyone else. Uh, primetime star wasn't Parsons from either of us because you got defensive rookie of the week. Uh, my, I thought mine was pretty obvious. It probably had the same guy. I didn't want to put him off as rookie of the week because I had, I had pits too. But I think he deserved it, and I think Jalen Waddle was a primetime star this week. Uh, Jalen Waddle's years. I'll go with Pete Werner then. Okay, I had Werner later, which is funny. But yeah, okay, let's let's do Waddle first. Obviously, great great game. Ten catches, ninety two yards, a touchdown. Um, like early third and two, uh, they line him up on the like the left side of two in the backfield. Then he re- released like into the right flat through the offensive line, picked up the first. I love that. Um, that was pretty cool. They did a pretty good job using him in motion. Uh, he had like a really neat release from the slot. Like just kind of got on top of the defender quick. You know he's fast as fuck. Nice out, crisp, easy, easy completion from Tua. Third and one. They had him in the backfield again. This time didn't go through the offensive line, but just straight flats and got the first. That seems like I don't know. That like using him in in, in the backfield on on third and short and like just releasing him into the flat seems like one of those like Madden hacks that you figure out that it's just yeah. a first down every time and they're just gonna keep doing it and it's, it's smart. Um, and then had that 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 nice grab on the on the flea flicker, which was a weird one, and it wasn't a big grab. It was like fifteen to twenty yards, but he just timed it so well, you know, running out lackadaisically, and then turned it on like just as like two of like got the ball. It was like he his fa- you know he's facing the end zone, but just perfectly. And then those jets, he was basically wide open. 
And then you have the touchdown, which was really sick. You know, they got the, the defense going one way with this little, like, option look, and then that little toss up to him, and he found the space, dove in. He moved the chains uh, for, like, six six times for first downs, 57 yards after the catch. He's just becoming an absolute weapon out of the slot. And then plus you add that chess piece factor and the fact that they haven't unlocked him getting deep yet. Jalen Waddle's going to be special, man. He's going to be special. If he isn't already, he's going to be special. That that offense limits him in that Tua can't push the ball down yeah. the field. They don't even try. Yeah. And so he is transformed from this dynamic, special, deep threat at Alabama who could rip a game wide open into one of the best, like, possession, quick slant, first down chain moving receivers yeah. in, in the NFL. Already. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, like he's he's not even... I don't think he's even averaging 10 yards a catch, and this is a guy who could be averaging, like, 16 yards a catch. What was he averaging before the injury last year? Like, 24 or something like that? Yeah. Around there. So, Ridiculous, yeah. So, at Alabama, um, in three years at Alabama, he averaged 18.9 a catch. Uh, his last year there, 21.1. 21, yeah. And this year he has 96 catches for 941 yards, 9.8. Which is, he's almost at 100. I know they, they highlighted a lot of Monday Night Football, but almost 100 yard, uh, 100 catch season, which he obviously will do it. Uh, just that in itself is so impressive from a rookie. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he, he almost isn't getting enough credit this year either. He isn't. Well, neither, <clears throat> neither is Devonta Smith, really. That's a good point. Like, it's a good point. Yeah. I feel, I feel like Jamar Chase's dominance has kind of overshadowed them. Yeah, I think I think that is that's a good point. Uh, and, and just going to Pete Werner, who got got the start uh, with Demario Davis out against the Dolphins. I thought Pete Werner didn't like re- like. Obviously, Demario Davis is one of the best off ball linebackers in the game, but there wasn't a ton of drop off no. inserting Pete Werner in there, and he was flying around everywhere. Ten tackles, played every single snap, was calling the plays, or, or signaling the or calling the plays in the huddle, um, and. He, I don't know. He just looks like he should be like. Had he been starting all year, he'd be in contention to finish second behind Michael Parsons for defensive rookie of the year. That's possible. No, I totally agree. I had him for looks like a miss eh, for 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 my week. Uh, I had him number one hundred exactly. He went sixtieth. Like you just said, if he played all year, he might have been in in the defensive rookie of the year running. Um, and yeah, like or at least be you know at least be on the all rookies. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Like, there's many teams in front of the Saints that should have taken him and would have played him all year. Um, and like you said, he hasn't had to play that much. Uh, but even when he's been in there, he's been good. And then, yeah, like you said, Davis was out. He got a chance to play. He was great. I thought his eyes were just really good. Like, he wasn't taking the bait. He was hitting hard. Like you said, he was flying around the field, just laying some good big-time wood. Um, and then I, I think my favorite one was actually the, the deep pass to Mac Collins. But... Uh, he rushed the passer. He had two pressures, too. This is one of them. Rushed the passer. Uh, he was one-on-one with Jesse Davis, a right tackle, and just fucking put him on his ass. It was it was awesome. And that, I, I did not expect to see that from Pete Warner, and that was just that was just awesome. Um, and also on the on the two interception um, where he just overthrew it, I feel like in part it was because of Warner. He, he was like right at the line of scrimmage, dropped out, covered the route, the actual route, perfectly, and two it obviously just, you know, overthrew him. It's not like he really had to be there. But it was still great coverage and, and amazing to see from a rookie linebacker that hasn't played that all that much. Yeah, I mean, he going forward, I think he has to be playing next to Demario Davis for the Saints. I, 
Like I, they they play Quan Alexander a lot, but he uh, yeah he looks like a, a real dude. It'd be kind of neat, to, like if he can rush the passer and like get him in situations going into the like the, down the stretch, and if they make the playoffs, that'd be really neat to see. Yes, uh, my underwhelming performance is Odafe away, who the Bengals' offense dominated the Ravens' defense for four quarters. Um, away struggled to create any pressure. Uh, Jonah Williams, in particular, was handling business against him. He had <clears throat> he had one big nice run stop, but outside of that uh, and a pressure, I think it, there wasn't a ton going for away. Uh, my underwhelming performance is the entire Broncos rookie class. Who underwhelming because we talked about them. We, I think we talk them up every single week. Uh, they're so great. And this week was just underwhelming. Alistair at the top, Patrick Sertan. Uh, not a terrible game, but just he wasn't impactful. He got targeted five times. He allowed five catches for 55 yards. Like, it was just him not making plays. It wasn't like he was getting fucking burned or anything, but just, uh, you know, he's been so great, and you just want to see him make plays. Flip side, they didn't run the ball a lot, and the offensive line wasn't good. More on Quinn Miners in a second. Uh, but Javante Williams, nothing this game. Seven carries, 12 yards, had a touchdown, but that was a one-yard run. Dennett wasn't really breaking tackles, wasn't getting anything going. The Raiders are powerhouse, yeah, of course, but it um, just wasn't really anything there. Uh, Quinn Miners was just meh. I don't know. Was Had had, the, had one play, fourth and uh, late in the fourth, third and ten. Just like the, the Raiders ran a stunt at him. He couldn't, like, square up on, on the on – I forget who it was – had, had no shot on him, gave up the sack, which was kind of a back-breaking sack. So the top three picks were all, like, really just just maybe maybe their worst games of the year. And then, I, I although I will throw in, Baron Browning was pretty good. Another pretty good game. Yeah, he was. Nine, he ta- was. nine tackles. Uh, I didn't think it was, like, big-time plays, but, like, you know, I think there was a couple of missed tackles, but another, like, you know, flying all over the field, making plays. Uh, you, you love to see that speed. Like, I'm... I'm not even including Browning in this. I just want to mention him. He was just, he was pretty legit, and uh, I think he's me stud. But the top three picks there were all pretty underwhelming for a class that was has been so so good. Yeah, no, um, it didn't help with Drew Locke in there, obviously. No, but no, but overall, I'm with you. The the Broncos uh, as a whole, it wasn't just a Locke problem against the Raiders. Yeah, I don't know what's. I don't know. The Broncos are a tricky one because there's a lot of talent on that team. Clearly, they need a quarterback, but it's, it's kind of tough to figure them out. Uh, mine looks like it hit is Michael Carter. Yeah. He shouldn't have fallen to the fourth round. No. He is a NFL starting running back. Um, he has been, I don't know, the one healthy, one of the three best rookie running backs. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he he's doing more, I think, as a pass catcher than anyone else. And then on top of that, in a game against the Jaguars where they didn't lean on him as a pass catcher much, they just fed him. Uh, he ran for 118, and it was he he's after getting hurt uh, in week 11, he finally came back in week 15, and it was kind of a slow start, but now he looks like himself again. I know it's the Jags, but. Just he's such a dynamic cutter with wacky contact balance. Um, In not the biggest back, but he's sturdy. Tacklers just bounce off him. Like I I love Michael Carter. I didn't think he was gonna be that sturdy in the NFL. 
No, I thought he might be more of a true satellite guy, yeah. but like now he he's looking like like I think I had him in my top sixty, but uh and and he fell to the fourth round to them, but uh he's looking like a, a true number one back. Yeah. Who can impact the passing game like we thought, but do even more as a as a bell cow type dude. No, I totally agree. Now on the season he has five hundred and sixty six rushing yards and three hundred and sixteen receiving yards. Like he has been pound for pound, like maybe I said Javante Williams, the most productive back with his touches. And I, I know we just talked about the Broncos, but the Jets are a whole different type of stink too. So like just yeah. doing that on that roster and like he didn't like you said it wasn't his 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 uh, you know his his running game at the start of the season, and like he's been banged up too. So yeah, no, it's it's been really impressive, and he might finish with over a thousand total yards, which is which is really impressive. Um, my looks like a hit. I just want to kind of give him credit because we we've dogged him a bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, Christian Darius had a really nice bounce back game. I, I thought like after having a few rocky games, mm-hmm. I want to give him a bit of a do because he I think he had a really clean game and just solid as heck in, in pass protection against the Rams. Uh, I think he might have given up one pressure, but it wasn't like anything significant. Solid in the run, moving dudes. Nothing special, special, but like just like for a rookie tackle who's been up and down a little bit, like hasn't been disastrous in my, in my opinion, but up and down. Uh, just really good rookie tackle performance. So I just want to kind of give him a shout out. I hope he I hope he sacks these games together though. Uh, my miss is Kendrick Green, who just doesn't look like. He, he, once again, like, Chris Jones kicked his ass, and I know Chris Jones is one of the best interior defensive yeah. linemen, but Kendrick Green really has nothing. He takes stupid penalties. Um, he just doesn't create push in the in the run game and then just gets dominated in pass. Um, again, I think they got to experiment with him as a guard and draft a new center. I like that you're just like airing your uh, your grievances with Green like on air here every week, and that kind of it's like it's like therapeutic for you. I respect it. Uh, I'm gonna go with like two random rookie corners for my for my niece to step it up. Uh, my miss was was Pete Warner. Um, first, like I want to just I just want to bring up uh, Ifatu Melifanu, who kind of came who finally kind of came back. Um, he hasn't played much since the week two because of injuries and just there. Yeah. Um, he wasn't disastrous, but like gave up like I think the credit for like sixty eight yards. Uh, every time he was targeted, he gave up a catch. Um, so it wasn't like bad, but like just wasn't good. And I, I just wanted to point out that like with the UDFA DBs that they brought in playing well, uh, bef- like when he, in his absence and Oriware having a great, great, great year actually on the other mm-hmm. side. And don't forget about Jeff Akuda. So who knows with him? But still. Uh, just Melfon doesn't have a lot of time to get his feet underneath him before he's like lost in the depth chart in Detroit. So I'm saying he needs to step up for his own personal, you know, just saving his butt. And I like Melfon a lot. So that that down the road is it could be a big look like a miss for me. I'll give you one more. Uh because I, I'm starting to like like what I'm seeing from Andrew Thomas in chunks. He yeah, he's got I put him down here too. Yeah, he got better. He's getting targeted a lot. But like that, there was that one. He got bullied by AJ Brown a, a few times, and there was that one deep ball that that just yeah bad taste in your mouth. But he held his own like a bit more than last week, and a lot more than the week before. And I think there's talent there because he's been in good position. I talked to him last week. He just needs to keep getting better and f- like just making that last play on the ball. It's it's kind of funny. Uh, so I put Ambry Thomas. Uh, I put Liam Eikenberg too, just because. <laughs> That offensive line is so bad, and he just... And they're trending towards the playoffs. Yeah, he needs to be playing better for them to yeah. 
do anything. And like Tua, Tua really struggles as a downfield passer, or really to operate anything outside of the RPO game. Yeah. But it doesn't help when you have a horrible offensive line that can't get you any time. Uh, I also put Zayvon Collins just because it blows my mind he doesn't play at all. I don't know. Played zero defensive snaps against the Colts. How do you? That's like I just don't get it. That's like multiple weeks in a row. How's there no role for him? Like even as a some sort of pass rusher. I don't know. I don't know. I think like them not trying him as a pass rusher at all is just them lacking creativity. But him not getting on the field at all. Has to be because he's he's just not looked good. But early season when he, you know he was getting those fifteen snaps ish a game, I didn't think he looked bad. He wasn't like a stud, but I didn't think he looked like a fucking liability. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's they're saving him for the stretch run, Rob. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. <laughs> I, they're gonna unleash him in the playoffs as a dominant pass rusher. <laughs> My uh, jumping. Wait wait wait! Don't jump the gun, AJ. Because let me tell you about. I had Spotify a good transition. Okay, but I want to hear about Spotify Green Room. Well, you already jumped the gun because I was supposed to do this before and he needs to step it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use, where you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. <clears throat> it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group and be notified when the folks you follow go live, but don't forget to come with your spiciest takes. Sorry, AJ, go ahead. My spicy spicy take is Garrett Wallow is not ready to play. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Um, so obviously they beat the Chargers, but uh, Wallow was not not very good. Uh, he played eighty two percent of snaps, so he's out there. I kind of respect it. And he's playing with like rando linebackers. It's kind of cool. And he is a random linebacker, but he just had, like, four tackles. I think only two were solo. And he just felt out of position a lot against the run. Lots of bad first steps. And then he just did not have that, that, that athleticism to uh, to make that up. Like he was just chasing dudes around. There's just no juice from him. Um, the Chargers' offense wasn't, like, I mean, they put up 29 points. But it wasn't great or anything. Um, but it was a lot of, like, under, under throws and getting underneath Wallow and the rest of those weird linebackers but and they were just giving up like easy yards and not not closing on tackling quickly when when they're doing that it was just felt kind of easy at times for, for that particular area for herbert and then on top of that he was getting suckered on play actually pretty bad so well, well i kind of love seeing him in there getting a shot uh for the Texans team uh, i don't i don't know i don't know Buffalo. my two not ready to play is our uh defensive <coughs> lineman uh ellerson smith we was just getting moved around in the run game mm-hmm. against the Eagles. Uh, a guy who was drafted as a project yeah. by the Giants in the fourth round um, and very much looks like that project. And it's especially damning when I think Quincy Roche, who was cut by the Steelers, shows up and kind of usurps him in play Immediately, and, yeah. And, and makes a play seemingly every week. And obviously Azizo Jolari's their other rookie on the edge who's been quite good. Um but I think Quincy Roche doing that says something. And Quincy Roche doing that and not making the Steelers say something, because I just watched Isaiah Loudermilk get bullied by the Chiefs offensive line. I know Loudermilk's a true, like, five-tech interior defensive line type player, and Quincy Roche's a true edge. But it's just like you gave Loudermilk a roster spot over Roche when I see Roche do this every single week with the Giants. This is more just airing grievances about the Steelers. I respect that. Correct. Yep. 
<laughs> uh, you know, uh, best day three rookie. Uh, my guy was in. I, I chose between Pitts, Waddle, and the Sun God, Amon Ross St. Brown, who is clearly the best day three rookie for me for Offensive Player uh, Rookie of the Week. Uh, another awesome performance, man. Nine catches, 91 yards, a touchdown. Also got uh, two, two carries for 19 yards, and they're really neat. I'll get there in a second. I'll break these down quick. Uh, first grab came out of the backfield, which I love that they're doing with him. Uh, kind of like Waddle, but but, he, but sicker because he's a sun god. Um, had a really nice first down. Like Had to go low like like behind him with contact to pluck it, and I got the first down, which was nice. Um, and then like the, they, they did like a little handoff like on a little reverse, which was really neat. And he got a nine-yard gain the first time, and the second time he did it, he got... Uh, another 10 yards and it was, it was like there's really creative little wrinkle they did the exact same thing exact same way and it worked both times and it was really really nice he's good with the ball in his hands um and then like just winning with like crisp route running like had a really nice out route the db fell down first down uh, and then he had the touchdown which was really great like uh if you didn't see it it's great like he, he picked it high with a db like flashing right in front of him uh then you know turned to run um had a defender like at his feet at the end zone and then another one meeting him at the goal line and he like just got over the line for the touchdown pretty slick um then like just you know his his classic chain movers had a couple before the half um had another like just wide open on a deep out with a good gain he is the go-to guy in that passing game it is not close and if the Lions add like another early wide receiver uh they're cooking with those like add you know theoretically a burks or or Olave, or Wilson, like you know, one or Dotson, add another one, and then they're cooking pretty, pretty good. I think they're at that spot. Uh, I'll give you three pass catchers for uh, best day three rookie. Uh, <clears throat> two tight ends and Noah Gray, who just twelve yards against the Steelers, but looked really good as the tight end two blocking with uh, Blake Bell getting the start because Kelsey was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then John Bates. John Bates can be on here every week. John, John Bates is a I mean, he, he had the fumble, but he, he's a fucking king. He's sick. But he had a touchdown. Yeah, a touchdown. I love John. John Bates is really good. <laughs> John Bates is the best. Uh, and then I also put Shai Smith. Oh, cool. He, he had 86 yards against the box. Like 60 of them came on this one play where Sam Darnold extended to play and kind of found him open down the sideline. But <laughs> it was nice to see him get some playing time. Yeah, for sure. Because he's barely got on the field. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, best UDFA rookie. I, I've won fucking out of nowhere, all right? Going to the Rams. I'm going to break this down. I, you're gonna, it's going to blindside you, unless you already know. Uh, <laughs> there's no Whitworth this week, okay? Edwards got the start of left tackle. Then Brian Allen went down, and so Edwards moved to guard, and Coleman Shelton, another rando, moved to center, okay? So it was Patrick as fuck along the offensive line. And who came in at left tackle? The pride of Windsor, Ontario himself, Alaric Jackson. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't just come in and not be a disaster. He was actually really solid. It was really solid. And, like, actually, PFF, like, gave him the highest grade for the Rams. Uh, credit, Damn. credit, Yeah, credit for two pressures. Uh, looked really good in the run. Just, like, like not like, I mean, I, I think the grade was a little much, but looked, like, just, like, very solid. And, like, like you expect, like, I love Alaric Jackson, but, like, I don't know, like, you expect him to get tossed in like that and, and not look that good, but he got tossed in randomly in this game, and it, he looked solid and cool and, like, a good long-term swing tackle at worst, and it was really impressive. Uh, my undrafted rookie is DiCaprio Boodle. 
Yes. Who? The Steelers got down so bad that Boodle played <laughs> uh, uh, like a lot of the second half, and he's just lighting dudes up. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. I think we're we're, we're bringing some more rando Uf, UDFAs now. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, I have a bunch of rookies who flash. Me too. Let's 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 run through them quick. Uh, I'll give you four guards. <laughs> okay. Trey Smith. Sure. One of the seals of the draft. Yep. Ben Cleveland looked really good against the Bengals. I'd like to hear that because he's been in, in this little playing time. Yeah. Alex Leatherwood. Best game I've seen him play was against the Broncos this week. Correct. Yeah, I agree with you. Landon Dickerson looked quite good against the Giants. I heard that. I like to hear that. And then a couple pass catchers. You already mentioned Jalen Waddle. Uh, Devonta Smith had another really nice game against the Giants. Uh, Anthony Schwartz. I had Schwartz. And, uh, down, yeah. and then also Baron Browning. Yeah, I thought just quickly doing Schwartz. Yeah, Browning was good again. Uh, Schwartz quickly. like that, He had that first career touchdown there. It was like no one covered him. It was really easy. Yeah. But I like to see like they got him a few carries too, and he got good chunks on yeah. both. That was, that was cool to see. Um, I, I want to give up like Dylan Radins wasn't good. Like, he held up pretty well against Bosa, gave up, like, a sack, a, a few pressures. He was man the run, but it wasn't terrible, and I just wanted to give him a, a little little shout-out there. And I'll give you three more, um, all in the AFC, all on the defensive front. Christian Barmore was really fucking good again. Um, three tackles, had one quarterback hit, so not, like, stuffing it, but he had, he had six pressures. Uh, constant push. I think, like, PFF said, like, it's on one-third of his pass rushes, which is pretty ridiculous. He's had 42 total pressures on the season. That's second most for a rookie defensive tackle since uh, DeForest Buckner had 48. So, has a good chance with two games, with the bonus game, to, to, to beat that. Um, the reason I didn't put him anywhere like better is because he had a really bad offside jump on a fourth and seven that the Bills were going for it, and then they got the fourth and two, and then got it. It was a big penalty, so I didn't want to... Uh, he was good, though. He was really good. Um, and then, quickly, I thought Quiddy Pay and uh, Deo Diangbo in the Saturday night game Flashy. Like, they only had, like, one tackle each, but, like, Pay kept getting pressures. Deo had a couple pressures. Uh, like, probably the most promising game from both of them together on the field that we've seen from the Colts. Pay's been good all year, but just not, like, getting big-time plays. Oh, sorry, one more, one more. Uh, Ali McNeil had a sack, which I, I just wanted to give credit to. It was nice. Uh, who's your nowhere rook? I got, I got a pretty good one. Uh, the Pride of Rutgers, Michael Dwumafor. Who got in on a sack for the for the Texans? If you didn't know, um, <laughs> just like really, he got credit with half a sack, but uh, it was his sack. Instant win over the left guard. Um, he, he got the help bringing Herbert down, but it was really all to him for. Really good. It looked good. Had three tackles. Played quite a few, quite a lot. Looked good. Rockers pride. I love that. I'll give you two more quick. Uh, both Cowboys. I'm going all Texas for out of network. Uh, Chauncey Golson got half a sack. Also recovered that block punt for the touchdown, which is cool. And Calvin Joseph got in the game. I thought he looked pretty decent. I had a couple plays on the ball and blew up that screen for a TFL. Uh, my Noah Rook is a guy who was listed as starting on Sunday Night Football and proceeded to play zero defensive snaps. <laughs> Milo Eifler of the Washington football team. Yeah. His intro, he didn't. it was just a picture of him. They, they didn't have a recorded clip of him saying his school, uh, which is Illinois. Uh, and then he didn't start and didn't play snap. So I just didn't know what was going on there. Uh, he played some special teams snaps, but I was just shocked. I think Riverboat was like trolling in the production meetings or something. He had to have been. I hope so. Um, I hope so. My start the rug, I feel like I've done this one before, but it's still, it's still bugging me a bit. And it's, it's a low key one, but 
uh, is Khalil Herbert. And, like, I don't know. I think Herbert needs more touches. He had two carries, 21 yards. It was a 20-yard touchdown. looked really good. Had a catch. Um, he's also, like, he, he was a big spark on returning kicks. Had, like, almost 100 yards uh, total kick return yards. I just think he needs more touches. And, like, why run David Montgomery into the ground when you have such a good running back, too, that costs you nothing? And, like, Montgomery, like, he was probably better than his stats, but he, he had 21 carries for 45 yards. That's 2.1 per carry uh, and a touchdown. And it was catching the ball pretty well. But, like, why give him that 21-carry load when he's only averaging that? But, like, and, like, you know, Herbert had, like, 10 yards per carry. Like, let's see more Herbert. Mix him in. But, I mean, Nagy's getting fired. But still, I'm going to see him. Uh, mine are two guys who do start, and it's more about getting them on the field. Giving more. them more, op- more opportunity. Yeah. So, Rashad Bateman, anytime he's targeted, tends to do something special. Mm-hmm. He only had five targets against the Bengals, four catches, 26 yards, his first career touchdown. And it's just like all four catches came in the first half. <clears throat> I know Josh Johnson was starting, but the, I just don't understand why there is not more effort to get. To kind of isolate him and get him going, especially on as great as he is as a chain mover and a route runner and those like quick slant pick pick me up eight when I need seven. He's also a really fantastic 50-50 ball receiver, and we've seen that before, like a week or two ago, and they just don't do it very frequently, yeah. and I wish they would more. Tyler Huntley did it with him. Um, he did. And then also Kadarius Tony, who though he had nine targets against the Eagles. Four catches, 28 yards. It's just they're not scheming him touches the way they should be. Like, if fucking Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon are your starting quarterbacks, both are horrible. Instead of having them push the ball downfield to him, let's let's try and figure out special ways to get a special player touches. His contact balance and burst are ridiculous for a wide receiver. Get the ball in his hands. It doesn't need to be on a 15-yard out route that your quarterback can't throw. I will one-up you and say Kadarius Sony should have started at quarterback. Um, he would have given you a better chance to win than Jake Fromm. He's got a bigger arm than Jake Fromm. That's like it's both untrue. Imagine that. Uh, a Tony and and Saquon when he's healthy, fucking wildcat offense would be sick. It's funny too because Tony and Bateman have very similar stats on the year. Both have played ten games. Tony has thirty nine catches for four hundred twenty yards, and Bateman has. 37 catches for 435 yards in a touchdown. That that whole Ravens offense felt like it finally got itself figured out early in the year. And, I mean, obviously Lamar's been banged up and COVID has hit them. But, like, I don't know. Even before that, it started to fall apart and kind of just went back to that old Mark Andrews let him do everything kind of offense. You know what I mean? And it it works. And Mark Andrews is great. But, like, yeah, I, I missed that early season. Hollywood was cooking and Bateman was getting into the lineup and he was looking good, like, right off the bat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they gotta, they gotta figure that out. Anyways, time to go watch the Music City Bowl. We got a good one, baby. Rocky Top. <laughs>